You Can't Sit With Me, hosted by Deanna Isfear. I actually have my second UK TV, reality TV personality on the show today. We have David Bertwistle from Too Hot to Handle Netflix. How are you? Hey, yeah, I'm good, thanks. How are you doing? I'm good. I feel so vulnerable because I have to say the Zoom thing is really awkward for me. Don't you feel like it's such an awkward <laughs> thing to be interviewed to interview on Zoom? Um, I'm kind of getting used to it. I've done a lot over the past month, so I'm kind of used to this format now. Um, yeah. it is a thing, I think it's a little bit more awkward than being in person. And I, I, yeah, I'd say it's probably a little bit more awkward, but just you kind of get used to it. I find that by having earbuds in instead of having the computer play the audio it makes me it feels a lot more real because I can hear you like in my head rather than out of a speaker if that makes yeah. sense and you have like free movement which is not the case for me I have like a whole setup so I feel like I can't really you know I'm from like a red carpet I used to do red carpet interview that, that was my background so you know I could like touch the person or have like jokes with the person and I could move freely and now I just feel very constrained and it just yeah. feels awkward for me. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Like, I, I, I feel the same. I would like to be able to get up and walk around. So, like, I did a podcast this morning on on Zencaster, which so there's no video. Yeah. And I was just had my headphones in. And I was just walking around the whole time, and I feel I find that's a lot more kind of comfortable and and relaxing. But I mean, you know, it is what it is. And I would be there in person with you if possible. But we have this. Damn awkward social distancing thing going on. It's so annoying. I actually usually record on Zencaster, but I thought that you were so watchable on the show. I really wanted to have you on video to like use the stuff, you know, to put on Instagram. You flirt. You absolute flirt. <laughs> hold, hold on a second. Okay. <laughs> Let's relax. I'm married. I have two kids. I'm joking. I'm Congratulations. not. Congratulations. <laughs> You know, some people were really awkward on camera. I felt like you were more of a natural. It made me think you had actually done TV work before, like camera oh, work. Oh, right. Before. Yeah, not really. But I think because I'm used to doing stuff on social media, like I've been filming myself for years. So I'm kind of over the weirdness of having a camera in my face. Yeah. Very yeah. much just like used to it now. Do you know what I mean? Definitely. Too hot to handle Netflix. I have to say, I don't know if you know this about me and my podcast, but I'm quite the reality TV connoisseur. So I watch, I judge, I bitch, I recap, I do all the things. And I honestly thought that this was going to be the dumbest show ever, partly because it, it was presented in a more like humorous way. And then as I was watching, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, emotional breakthroughs. Some people are actually smarter than they look, you know, behind the abs, the tattoos. I was pleasantly surprised by the show. Yeah, well, I think they set it up to make you think it was going to be one thing and then like flipped it. A hundred percent. I thought it was going to be like a Love Island and, you know, no offense to Love Island. It's very entertaining, but there's no, there's no real psychology behind it. It doesn't really make you think and rethink relationships and think about anything. I just think it's just entertaining to watch. Before we get into all the questions, I do this thing called tip of the week. So, you know, my listeners can take away something from the episode. So what is your tip? I never told anybody that because I'm such a good friend. Okay. So 
my typical i'm a personal trainer uh worked in fitness for years and years and years and there's a style of training at the moment which i'm really enjoying and i think is very good for people who are working out at home and it's a it's a workout format called an emom and what that stands for is every minute on the minute so my tip would be use this because you basically the way it would work let's say we're going to do three exercises yeah you have a set number of repetitions of each of those exercises let's say it's 10 and you have one minute to complete the reps and rest and then you start on the second minute with the next exercise to complete the reps and rest and then the third and you do that as many times as you have decided to do it and the reason i love it is because it keeps you really accountable for how long you're going to rest so when you're getting tired you can't just be like oh i'm going to take some extra time because it then eats into the next minute so you kind of have to keep up this pace and keep right. up a uh, an intensity throughout the workout so if you're working out by yourself yeah. and you're maybe someone who is not massively motivated or you struggle with consistency in your workouts this is a great way of making it really easy to keep a consistent intensity throughout the workout so yeah. every minute on the minute you start the next exercise and if it was like three movements you could do like five rounds and that's 15 minutes of work you've done five sets and um you know you've been working most of the time what is your best tip to kind of execute that you know for people who are not super you know on point with their fitness routine and who are not accountable when when you're doing that kind of workout the important thing is you don't want to be doing the exercise for too long okay mm -hmm. so if you're a beginner and you're working out you're doing the exercise for more than like 30 seconds just rein it in a little bit so if you say you think okay i'm going to do 10 reps and then you do the first one actually those first 10 reps take you like 45 seconds you know that that's not going to be sustainable so just peel it back and do like maybe seven or six on the next set and that's going to find you that balance of work to rest that's a great place to start what's your best tip for the butt jiggle because i i'm definitely exaggerating the butt jiggle situation but you know, I like the rest of my body is all tone and fine, but for me, it's so hard because I really want to have like a smooth butt and I know I'm getting yeah. very explicit on the episode, but you know what? I'm, I may as well use the tip for myself. And I find that when I do work out and focus on that area, it gets bigger and I just don't want it to get bigger. There's two things. I think the first thing is that you may just be predisposed to storing body fat around your bum and hips and thighs anyway like women have a different um hormonal profile and therefore they store body fat in different places to men and you even see amongst women there's a different distribution of uh fat depending on like genetics and your um like your your race and you can see there's like themes running throughout this thing yeah. um so one thing you might just have to accept you're going to have a jiggly bum like them there might just be an element of okay this is this is my body shape this is what i'm going to have to live with especially if you're typically quite thin person yeah anyway so that'd be the first thing the second thing is that the the jiggle is always going to happen if you've got muscle and fat anyway because you're you know if you have a relaxed muscle it's going to wobble if you move it um, if you squeeze and tense, then muscles don't really wobble, and that's where the fat element comes in. But you know, 
most women have jiggly bums you know that's just pretty much how how things are and if you want less jiggle you just yeah. need to have more muscle mass and uh, that my my best tip would be to deadlift if you can deadlift properly you're going to use your legs you're going to use your butt and it's going to strengthen your spine too so definitely get some weights in there don't overwork yourself it's never going to happen for you be comfortable in your own skin yeah when we when we approach fitness from a place of um positivity and what i mean by that is when the thought process says when the thought process is i get to do this mm-hmm. rather than i have to do this because i hate my body yeah right two completely different approaches the the latter the negative thought process that's only going to reinforce negativities about yourself because you'll search out for those imperfections right. and you'll stare at yourself in the mirror for too long like when you approach it from a positivity thing we look at the things we can achieve and the things we do and the things that make us better and improve and then we focus on that and so it's just the same you could be doing the exact same exercises but when your mindset is coming at it from a positive approach you're going to overall feel better about doing it i'm loving this spark of positivity on the show as this is quite a negative podcast so you're welcome listeners <laughs> David came through. It wasn't going to come from me. Anyway, let's get into some questions. So I have my own personal, very nosy questions. I have a couple of listener questions on Instagram, which we'll do later. So, you know, I'm sure you've answered all the questions of like how you got on the show, how you got casted on the show. You can probably find that on Google. What I would like to know is that I want you to tell me really how you were before the show, because when I watched you and when I watched the way you were, we can kind of tell that you're a sweet guy from the start. I don't believe the whole, I'm a womanizer, I'm obsessed with sex, I'm addicted to dating app, uh, dating apps, which is kind of the, you know, the stereotype that they try to, they try to label you guys with that, that stereotype. But I didn't see it in you when I first was watching the show. So I kind of want you to tell us exactly what you were like with regards to dating before you got on the show. Well, firstly, thanks. Cause I'm going to take that as a compliment. Um, there, I think that because some of the other guys were more obtuse about how they approach dating, that All kind the guys of reflected. Were like Corey's at first and some of them were kind of changed, but I didn't see you as a Corey. No, I've got more class than that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, like my okay so my approach to dating has changed over the years so if we're kind of like looking at the immediate before um i was you know this is like a year ago we shot it so let's say the year before that i was um casually dating let's say i wasn't in like a serious relationship or anything um but i wasn't like womanizing i'd kind of gone over i'd got through that phase yeah you know like early 20s mid 20s um you know so i was I, I had a girlfriend until i was like 23 we broke up and um and then i went into a very much like distant i was like i just want to have fun i don't want any responsibility i don't want any like emotional baggage i am fully into just exploring life and seeing what life as a 20 something bloke is like that's single and so like i had a lot of dates i had a lot of like casual relationships um i did do the dating apps a little bit but to be honest only for like i'd say like six months after we broke up when i was in like my early 20s in tinder for a little bit but 
I got very bored of it because actually you end up doing the same shit over and over. And I was like, yeah. this is, it's actually quite hard to meet someone with like a genuine authentic connection when you're doing dating apps. Cause you just don't get enough from them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I was, I was dating and I just wasn't getting connected and I was, I was like deliberately staying away and kind of, that's what I did for most of my twenties, to be honest. Um, and I had like I and have a very them on, or were you like upfront about I don't want to be serious with anyone? Uh, no, I didn't really lead them on. My my belief's always been that I, I hate it when guys treat girls like they're their girlfriends and then just out of nowhere like ditch them. You know, like that kind of emotional tying people along. Fuck that. I was very much like like nice. I wasn't a dickhead, but i wasn't like bringing anyone to things that they would think it was going to be like more was it more like one night stands or more like dating super casually but then never actually becoming serious with someone mixture to be honest yeah like i i i dated so not a not a fuck boy just having fun yeah very much having fun my whole my whole mentality was I just want to have as much fun as possible. Like I just, and, and my, my selection process for like girls that I would date or hang out with would be like, are we going to have a lot of fun? Are you open to just exploring life? You know, I was very much like just living completely in the moment, not thinking about any next steps, um, you know? Yeah. Do I send some shade towards Corey in that little comment that you made? No, nah, not really. We're just different people. Like I have no problem with him at all yeah we're just we're just different people we just value different things that's good why didn't why didn't he make it um to the reunion well did he but i just disregarded because i because he was on the reunion episode (laughs) (laughs) my lack of interest i didn't even think he was this is just me i'm not making you say anything but i also recap the shows on the podcast i didn't think he was attractive enough to be that much of a douchebag so i I was just very unimpressed bold bold comment Oh yeah. Um, all the bold comments that are coming, you know, I'm just getting warmed up. What happened <laughs> with Lydia? Because obviously you guys were interested in each other during the show. I think towards the end, I saw her getting very touchy feely with the guy who had the boat. Can't remember. Right. <laughs> Sorry. You know, as a viewer, sometimes you just forget names. You know what I mean? I saw them getting quite touchy feely with each other towards the end. So I don't know if it was a friendship thing. Like what happened there? Um, I don't think there was anything between her and Bryce. Um, that wasn't ever something that that's, that's the first time I've even thought about it as anything to be honest. So we, she came in and we kind of started flirting and we were hanging out a lot. And, um, and if you think like the time in which Lydia came in was like two and a half weeks or like three weeks in, it was like episode six, wasn't it? So we're talking like quite far through this process. Right. And she came in and then we started hanging out. And then the next day she did the Yoni Puja, I think, which was like a pretty intense workshop for her. And there was a lot of like, if you think about the other position that the girls were in, like a lot had happened. They'd all kind of acclimatized to the situation. And effectively she was kind of thrown in to this environment, which was quite deep and very different to what she's used to. And then her and I are kind of like really hitting it off. And again, like not something she's necessarily used to, like kind of being around a guy like me to a degree, her words, not mine. Like it was quite a shock to her. And then everything was going great. And it all just 
it all just kind of a bit overwhelming to be honest for for her and she needed to just focus more on herself as an individual rather than trying to navigate her way through the show and also focus on anything to do with me and focus on herself as well because it's quite it's quite overwhelming for her to go through all of that in like the space of a week so um yeah we decided that we're going to just kind of not progress that not not kind of chase anything and move it forward um and we are and still are really really good friends yeah um so there's like no bad blood at all and um yeah we we've like I've seen her multiple times since we finished filming and everything. Yeah. So And you never hooked up when you saw her? Nah, we've definitely no, we've not hooked up outside of the show. Like we've definitely not hooked up since I saw her. It's so funny to me because that was actually gonna be my next question. Cause you know, there was a period of time where you were more interested in Rhonda and obviously her and Sharon had their thing and you kind of, you know, let it go and you said to her that, you know, you would basically offered her to your friend or you told her and I can't exactly remember what happened yeah wording let's not say I offered because she was never (laughs) mine to give (laughs) she was your possession you gave her away (laughs) all is good no but you kind of just let it go and you said I can see that you guys have a thing and I'm going to remove myself from the situation What was your thought process behind that? Because, you know, in my mind, when I look at relationships, to me, men are kind of like hunters, you know? I just don't understand how a guy cannot, you know, feel competitive and just, you know, just remove themselves. So I kind of want to understand the thought process behind it. There's a couple of things. It's more complicated than just a simple decision. So Sharon, he had explained, and you guys see in the show, that his previous relationship ended when his girlfriend cheated on him with his best mate. Yeah. And Sharon and I had become very close in the time that we were in the retreat, him and I were like kind of the two closest males Mm -hmm. and we hit it off from the start and we very quickly became close and we shared a bed most of the time that we were there. So in my head, there was this reoccurrence of a past trauma that yeah. he had experienced and something that had drastically affected him it was like you know was trust a was a big for him yeah like he, yeah. he's he has like huge trust issues that he had he admits and he talks about and um it was something that i saw a pattern that was too similar to something that happened that had caused him a problem in the past so the first and foremost thing was i was like i don't want to be a trigger that's going to take him backwards. I want him to go forwards. He's in this great environment to emotionally develop and take a risk and and take a step forward. And I don't want to be someone that gets in the way of that. Right. So that was like my first thing. The second thing I think for me was that yes, men are competitive, but I think that to be honest, I I never, I'm never going to directly compete with a man for a girl. I will show someone how much I like them and how much they are of value to me, but I'm never going to go head to head with a guy to try and win over a girl. I don't need to be put in that position. People do fancy more than one person at the same time. You can be attracted to multiple people at the same time. And I completely understand that. I never want to be in competition with a man. If we all admit the situation, then I would be up for like a, open relationship or a discussion about like polyamory or something like that but I'm never going to be like directly competing with a man because I feel like that's just not a great way to start a relationship because then you feel like a victor 
in a situation and like you've won a prize and that's not really how I feel a relationship should ever be. That's very selfless of you in a way, but also do you think that, I know that you guys are good friends and there's no bad blood, but do you think that also maybe a part of you, you know, told yourself my feelings for her are not strong enough for me to actually cause that much of a mess? Like I'm sure you- Yeah, yeah, I think that's, that's, that's probably a really good assessment. Like, yeah, you know, we'd been, we'd been hanging out for like, I don't know, a couple of weeks at that point and um, maybe less than that, maybe 10 days, 10 days to two weeks. And yeah, like I weighed it up, like are my feelings strong enough for Ronda that I'm going to justify hurting Sharon and ruining his relationship with me? Yeah. Is it really worth that risk? Yeah. In my head, I was like, no, it's not. I'd rather have a great friendship with Ronda and a great friendship with Sharon and let them try and take something forward and I'll just not move forward with Rhonda. I'll just stay here and she can move forward with Sharon and we can all still have a great friendship and that's that was fine by me was that something that you would have done before the show or is it definitely some a reaction that came from you know all the emotional breakthroughs from the show um no like that is something that I would have done if I was in that situation that was you know early enough in the retreat that I was you know, not heavily affected, I don't think, at that point. But, you know, like, friends of mine who have spoken to me about the show have said, like, yeah, no, it makes sense. Like, I've seen you do that before. Like, if I was in a bar and talking to girls and then one of my mates was like, oh, I really fancy this girl, I'd be like, okay, cool, go for it. Let's get down to business because we talked about more of the serious stuff and I really wanted to understand. But I do have some naughty questions because... It's called to right. handle, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Besides sex, because most people who watch the show, I understand reality TV. You know, I'm around a lot of the reality TV people in LA and I actually sometimes am there at some of the tapings and I see how it works. You know, when people watch a show, they just see you guys together and they think that there are no cameras and it's just you living your life. Treating a show is very different. They don't see how, you know, you can't use your phone. You probably have a crew around you. You have cameras everywhere. You have to work the mics and probably reshoot some things that weren't filmed properly and things like that. So I want to know, besides obviously the sex, what is something that you missed the most from the outside world um, during this time at the retreats? The truth is that I didn't really miss much. Like it was only a month. The right. filming was only. You guys a month. had no music, so, apparently. Yeah. So okay. So the things that I did miss, there's there's two things. Well, like, so music would get like we had music very occasionally, maybe like once a week, and it'd be for like if we're shooting a party, if there was a party, then we'd have music or whatever. And it was interesting because as soon as the music came on, we would all be like, we'd all just get really excited really quickly because you know you, when you haven't listened to it music is so emotive and it can really lift um, the atmosphere and the energy and it can create you, you know, create a feeling which makes you want to do some stuff. So when we were listening to music, we were like, damn, like this is really fun. The thing that I missed the most, which was hardest for me to adjust to was actually the freedom. Um, Like I've lived out of my parents' house since I was 16 and I run my business since I was 21. I'm an independent individual that doesn't you know I've been single since I was 23 so it's like I've not had to I'm no one tells me what to do but I was there and I had and I was told what to do every day 
Mm-hmm. And that and was by the production, first... by your peers, who was telling you what to do? Well, just by production, because you know, like we have to go to bed at a certain time so that we got the right amount of sleep, so we wake up at the right time, so our sleep pattern stays consistent, and we've got the right amount of energy and things like that. So even just a case of like, okay, you need to go to bed. It's like, are you fucking joking? I'm like 29 years old at the time. I'm wide awake. Yeah, I'm like, you're telling me I'm older than you to go to sleep. That hasn't happened in 15 years. Like that is a hard thing to adjust to as a man that's 29. Um, so that was the, that was definitely like the freedom thing. That was the main thing, being told what to do. You guys were not allowed to, what do they call it? To masturbate, okay? You guys were not allowed to. How do they fucking know? Because what if you're just in bed under the covers? My friend actually also even mentioned, what about in the ocean? Because... I thought it was a terrible idea, but how do they actually know? Like, were you watched so much that you literally couldn't even like, do you wear your mics in the bathroom? What if it happened in the bathroom? So many questions. All right. So I think that, all right. So in the bedroom, like there's, there's cameras right above where you sleep. Yeah. Okay. So there's, they're pointing right down onto the bed. So people and people are watching because they caught me fucking sleep talking at two o'clock in the morning. So they are watching. And I think like in bed, it would be hard to, to do anything like that because there's so many cameras in the bedroom. But even so, with, even without the mics, you weren't wearing the mics in bed, obviously. No, but there was mics in the headboard. Fuckers. Yeah. And <laughs> like we, we only went in the sea at specific times because we needed to have a lifeguard there for health and safety. Right. So there was no like sneaking off to the sea to go and have a cheeky wank like that <laughs> didn't happen <laughs> so, uh, like realistically this <laughs> like, is not gonna work and yeah. uh, like the showers there's cameras facing into the showers you would be able to what see the only so the only yes in the bathroom that's the only possible place it could have been an option because there wasn't they weren't recording using proper cameras in there there was cameras in there for security only and there were security cameras and um that was for our own protection you know in case there's an incident or whatever it is they have to have stuff covered with cameras yeah but um they weren't recording and you know you could take your mic off obviously just for your own privacy that would be the only place that i would see it happening you think people cheated i don't i don't think so from talking to the cast, I don't think anyone did. I know it's just, I know it's so boring and like I should be able to dish some dirt, but I genuinely don't think anyone did. Like I definitely didn't. And it actually wasn't too much of an issue because because you're in an environment with people all of the time, you know that privacy of like, oh, I'm just gonna kinda like sneak off somewhere. You can't really sneak off somewhere. Like you Yeah, I just what it if just you're never gonna really sneak off to like excuse my language. This is podcast Diana kicking in. Take a dump. Um, yeah. You can definitely go and you could, but you don't think anyone did that. I don't think so. Like no one has told me that they have, and we all asked. Like we all asked a bunch of questions after we finished filming. Yeah. Um, and like no one has admitted to it that I'm aware of. I'm sure Corey must have cheated yeah. at some point. <laughs> he wasn't in there long enough to cheat that boy was only in there for like a couple of days <laughs> maybe that's true i still think he might have cheated during these couple of days sorry probably Corey. he I'm was a boy he was a territory. man on a mission wasn't he he went in and he had a mission 
a hundred percent. So obviously on the show, there was like a $3,000 or whatever the currency was um, value for a kiss. So Mm. when you come out of the show, did it kind of make you look at it differently now, now that you, you know, because you come out of this experience with like a $3,000 value for a kiss where you're just like, Oh, now I'm free. I can just go and kiss whoever. Or does it kind of make you take a step back and think, you know, I don't have to be getting coronavirus from every fucking girl if I'm not obsessed with them. I would, I, I, I did not come out thinking a kiss is worth $3,000. Right. Like I came out thinking, oh my God, I now don't have to worry about the cost of any of this shit. I really want to kiss someone right now. Like that was the honest, uh, honest thought process was like, oh, it's so good to be free and not worry about this shit anymore. But it just so happens that as a byproduct of being in there that I am less frivolous and less kind of laissez-faire. So... Well, also, it's let's just, not lie. Just, you're, like, famous now, so you're not going to go mess around with a bunch of thirsty girls that could go and put it on the internet. You've got to be more careful now. Yeah, maybe I'm just going to become celibate as a fucking byproduct anyway. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> like, I guess that's going to happen. Fucking dating in in corona lockdown is a nightmare anyway, so... I have to say, I didn't think of that before, but in a way, like, you have, you know, success and fame now, but I kind of feel sorry for you because after coronavirus, dating is obviously going to be more of a challenge, but also now that you have, you know, this fame that comes with the show and the exposure from the show you're going to have to be so much more careful with dating. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) Did I just make you more depressed? Yeah, Yeah, I mean, like dating in Corona is is real hard. I'm not going to lie. Like I was, I I, like went on a couple of dates with a girl before lockdown happened. Yeah. And then like, um, like lockdown happened and then we couldn't see each other and like we'd only had a couple of dates but she she was a really nice girl yeah and um like we were getting on great but then it just couldn't progress at all for for weeks and weeks and weeks and I was just like almost like the momentum has gone in this situation now and it's just it isn't going to go anywhere as a result like she doesn't even live near me like that's the other thing it's just it isn't it isn't an option at all. Is it so that, like pause or did you like talk with her a lot and there's only so much you can say to each other and then the spark was gone type of thing? Yeah, like we talked, we talked and we got on, we got on great and, and that kind of thing. But it was, you know, like they don't, she doesn't even live in the country. She lives in a different country. Right. So like that kind of thing ca- could work if we were further along in the process and then this happened, then maybe you could, make it work but it's it's just so difficult so we like talked about it and stuff and there's absolutely like i was i didn't just like ghost her we had a really like sensible mature conversation about it and like we still in in touch and things like that but it's just not as like formal as it once was um but like (laughs) the funniest thing the funniest thing is that like because of the lockdown rules like since the show um and in the past couple of weeks i've been on a few dates and trying to date someone now okay what do you do you go to a park yeah well it's basically too hard to handle all over again yeah but this is even worse because you can't really even like hug them right because you have to keep this social distance which is 
it's it actually really fucks with your ability to flirt with people because when you think about when you're getting to know someone when you're a physical you're like, person you're a more physical yeah. person and you're someone you're a fitness instru instructor as well so your body is like your tool in a way like you use it to like teach people to work out for yourself you're more of a probably of a physical person you know, than someone who's used to being on the phone all the time for business and and then <laughs> what do you do? What have you done on those dates? Well, you just like, you know, there's a lot of talking, sitting and talking and, and like yeah. you do get to know someone, which is cool. And like, like I've, been, I've been on a couple of dates and you are, you chatting to people and get to know them. But because you're like conscious of this, this invisible barrier that you can't get too close to someone. And often it's when you're, when you are getting close to someone and when you're breaking that like comfort zone of like closeness and boundaries that's when you kind of start to develop a a comfortableness a comfort yeah. with that person but there's almost like this social pressure and almost an, an added layer of can i even do that so when you're dating someone the the kind of proof and the confirmation that there's a spark is when you can you know have that physical interaction with them and so mm. without that you're kind of like well what what is it like what is there it's so confusing. It is more confusing. Detective Deanna here at your service, you said that the girl that you were dating after the show, the one that you that was long distance, that must have been someone who slid in the DMs, wasn't it? Oh no, this is this is before the show came out. Like this was somebody that I had not I knew. I'm looking for a plot twist. Like I'm trying to get a plot <laughs> twist out of you. It hasn't it's not it's not really gone down in the DMs, like like even the show, like come on, like have you been reading all the DMs? I bet you got some fucked up DMs since the show. There's been some fun ones. I I I have to give it to people. Like some of the creativity is, is brilliant. Like oh, I'm not gonna lie, one. I fucking love. <laughs> the like, there's there's one that sticks in my head, and this girl basically sent me a picture of a kitty's like blue slide, and she just sent me the picture, and then went, okay, so now I've slid into your DMs. And I just thought that was hilarious. <laughs> like, I thought she, that's so she, funny. She gave it her role. That girl gave it her Dude. role. I honestly was like, it really made me chuckle. And <laughs> some people, some people are just way more. Just some people just kind of asked to marry me, and some people are, are like very just high. Okay, so this is the fun thing, right? When I was younger, I would always hear like my friends who were girls complain that blokes would try and start a conversation with hi or hello or an emoji and they'd always complain about it but let me tell you for a fact that lots and lots of women do this too and the ability for a woman to start a conversation with me that's like all the things that a woman is asking for the man to do which is to be like genuine and authentic and funny and engaging that is super fucking rare i'm not gonna lie you girl you girls can want it but you're just as bad <laughs> at doing it. Thank you so much for saying this because I lead with personality and it really fucking bugs me when people think that a high and a cute profile picture is enough. No, it's not. I mean, all right, like, think about it like this. If someone just says hi, I, like what the fuck do you want me to say to that? So do you I, respond to all the DMs or do you just kind of like pick and choose like, or you don't probably can't even open all of them to be honest. Nah, to be honest, I don't really even have an opportunity to There's There's, there's a lot and it's not that I have a, 
I, I just don't have enough time. So you open mine, what was honest. it, the blue tick, the blue check? Yeah, so it's different. If you, okay, so this is what someone said to me before yeah. I did the show. They were like, okay, if someone's got a blue tick, then you know that they are who they say they are, first yeah. and foremost. That's yeah. the point of being verified, isn't it? Yeah. So you, like, I knew who you were, who you say you are. Yeah. And you're not a fake account, and therefore um, I can trust what you say. So yeah. if someone with a blue tick messaging you, you know that there's genuine, that's a genuine person. Yeah. Um, the other thing is that, like, like you kind of said earlier, if you're like, if you're someone that people know, then, you know, they could potentially use something you say against you. Yeah. And so you kind of have to be a little bit careful with who you're talking to so that, you know, it could be someone impersonating someone else and then you say something and then they sell it to a newspaper or you get exposed for saying something it gets taken out of context and then like it gets blasted and, and you're just like, fuck, this is a PR nightmare. And it could be something that you're, you're genuinely having a conversation with someone and you think it's going exactly the same way, but it is just someone trying to get something out of you. So you have to be just cautious, I think, is 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 really the case. Fully understand you. I'm nowhere near like the, your level of engagement and the fucked up shit that has happened to me on social media, partly because of the fucked up shit I say on this podcast. <laughs> but you know, my own you only story. have yourself to blame, Diana. You've uh, only got yourself to blame. I only have myself to blame, and you know what? I'm very, very comfortable with my decision. I love podcasting. It's a great outlet for frustrated people like me. Bit fucking boring, though. Sorry, Diana. <laughs> no. Okay. So, okay. I can I just be? I'm just. I, I'm just going to be full on straightforward for this last question. Please. Where because is the fucking little... plot twist? Where's the plot twist? Where's the plot twist? Did you sleep with anyone from the show? Where is the plot twist? Just give me a plot twist. I don't know if there is a plot twist. I'm really sorry. I, I don't know what to tell you. Like... There is a plot Okay, <laughs> maybe we'll get one with the listener questions. Let's just do them rapid fire, fly through them, okay? All right. Where is it? Oh, yeah, I put a topless photo of you to get people's attention. I like a good thirst <laughs> trap on Instagram. It's the only thing that it fucking works. Well. works. It works, okay? It does. Okay, so yeah. someone said, someone said, I love you, tell him that. Thank you, love you. <laughs> someone said, this is my favorite one of the whole lot. Someone said, hi. The fuck do you want me to do with that? <laughs> like, what the fuck do you want me to do with that? Shut the fuck up. Don't DM me with a hi. I cannot. Don't, don't hi me. Don't hi me. Okay. Start a conversation. Someone said, what is your biggest turn on for a girl if you're virtually dating or getting to know them virtually first during quarantine? Ooh, um, to be able to like, to have flanter, like flirty banter. Like that's... <laughs> okay, Americans were just getting round to understanding the word banter and you, we've taken it a step up and it's flanter. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Wait, are you the one that flirty said bants? I, I fucking, I died. Bants. <laughs> okay yeah so flanter it's really important because if you're trying to get to know someone virtually then you want to be able to try and generate some sort of connection with that person that's how it works like yeah however distant you want to be with that person you still have to have some sort of connection with them in order to find them attractive so you need flanter flirty banter like going back and forth with someone like kind of being confident maybe like a cheeky pick it doesn't even have to be like nude but just like something kind of sexy kind of playing that game like you've just got to you've got to put the work in 
bit of banter, be able to take a joke. Like all of these things I think are really, really important. If you can't be quick fire on like on a text, yeah. you're not going to be quick fire in real life, are you? Because you've got way more time to think about it on a text. So if yeah. you can't be like on fire on a text, then you know that in real life they're going to be like probably a bit dead. Yeah, a bit boring. I can't yeah. That's my biggest issue. I was actually going to ask you this. I live in America and, you know, let, let's not lie to ourselves. American guys have no fucking banter yeah. whatsoever. Did you yeah. feel that in the retreat? I know you're friends with everyone and they're lovely people and we're going to be, you know, politically correct. But did, did you kind of feel it that they kind of have this lack of banter and just amazing sense of humor that we have in the UK and we know how to really make fun of each other without, you know, offending anyone? And they get more offended and they're just not as witty yes exactly it's a very different thing americans don't really get british banter at the, unless it's been explained it's like a different rules it's like we have different rules of engagement to the americans okay. americans are very kind of straightforward and direct and and we as in british people tend to have more of a dry sarcastic rude joke format yeah. and that that is that is banter and, and like as long as the banter is coming from a place of love and what i mean by that is it's coming from someone that likes you and isn't genuinely trying to belittle you or undermine you or anything like that as long as they're just doing it as a joke just to have fun then yeah. it's okay and you can be fucking ruthlessly savage with it 100%. and that's almost funnier and so, yeah, if you're having this conversation over the text, then have that bold, cheeky banter because you've got to get your personality across. That's, the, that's the thing. You've got to get that personality across. There's so many girls that won't take a joke. You know, I'm not trying to sound like a grandma, but when you get a little bit older and you kind of have to lead with personality because you're getting saggy and just old and wrinkly. There has to be more than just like sitting there and being pretty. You have, I personally, if the yeah. guy's making fun of me on a date, I cannot pursue a relationship with that person because if a guy is making fun of you, it means he'll be okay with you making fun of him. And if he's not, then you know that he's goodbye. The American way of talking is very different to us. And like Bryce really fucking struggled. When he came on, like Bryce had zero chat. And I, I think I even say it on the show. He's like, got no bands. Bryce has got no bands and no chat. And he really struggled. He was super just like kind of not what I call it. cheesy. He's not getting it yet. Very cheesy. That's what I say about American yeah. guys in general. I'm not trying to discriminate, but I guess I am. I find American guys extremely cheesy. It's always going to be like, you look so beautiful today. And it's like, fuck you. Like who, no one says that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whereas a British guy would be like, oh, nice top. Yeah. <laughs> the others in the wash were they? <laughs> Literally, that's what I want. I want to know that the guy has noticed my top, but that he's not going to just give me some cheesy pickup line that he's used on 3,000 other people because he has no brain and no banter. I can't cope with that. It's really hard for me as a European in the US. I'm, I make all the podcasts about myself because I'm very self-absorbed on this show. And I try to, you know, use all my guests to portray all my frustrations in life. 
um, because it is my outlet. So, you know, it's kind of my therapy. Yeah. I really like it. It's very helpful. Um, Good. So, Glad to be of service. Yeah, you're really, really helping me. You could also be a life coach. You know what? Someone said, okay, no, I already asked you this question. What was the casting process like? Let's make it quick because I have a couple more questions. Um, they slid into my DMs. Okay. Everything in life happens through the DMs. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Literally, though. What would we be without Instagram? It's actually fucking sad. I wish I never had to be on Instagram. Do you feel that way? Like you do it because you kind of have to and it helps your business. But if you had a choice, you probably wouldn't be on it. If my life didn't need it, I wouldn't have it. And I'm such a fucking whore on Instagram. Like I, I, I do a thirst trap. Like not, not like a Francesca thirst trap because I don't have the boobs. But you know, nothing works. You could buy them. You could buy the boobs. I know. Okay, I know I could buy the boobs, but I just I don't, don't fancy it. No. So if they were like saggy and like stretch marky, I would, but they're not. So I don't want to like go through the pain if it's not because. I just, I don't want to. What you're saying is they're just good enough already. I didn't want to say. Yeah, anything. yeah. That was a casual brag. That was a really <laughs> subtle casual yeah, brag. <laughs> Not I trying to brag, but I'm sorry. I don't. I don't. I don't need to go through all that pain. Do you know what I mean? No. Let's be honest. Like I'm allowed to. You're happy brag. enough as it is. Yeah. Perky boobs. I'm not going to start like pretend. I, I'm not going to. You know. Yeah fake fish for compliments like i have perky boobs someone said what did you think you were signing up for before you found out about the sex band we said that love like a show where you were gonna fuck it, yeah, they, yeah yeah they just said it was the gonna be fun test. yeah okay uh um, no not exactly like i didn't sign up for that they didn't actually <laughs> say that wait i forgot we're all. not going to Corey. i forgot sorry wrong <laughs> yeah i had no intention of going in and fucking everyone that was never the plan because my parents watch it and my friends and people I work with so and yet we were the first person to use an SPF moisturizer to get close to the girls safety first all right safety is key I'm just out here looking out for the girls trying to make sure that they're healthy and they're safe all right everyone's fucking hating on me for using the lotion trying to make a joke out of it like ha 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 David's got the lotion Actually, I'm just a nice guy looking out for the safety of my fellow castmates. Forget safety. For, um, looking out for premature aging as well. Yeah. You don't want that shit. Rhonda's bum looked like it needed some protection. I was just helping out. If I had a bum like hers, I would fucking protect it. Let me tell you. Um, she should get that thing insured. How did you feel about Haley? Was she portrayed like she was on the show? Was she an arsehole? I loved her. <laughs> I can see why you'd love her. Um, she was because <laughs> you you like this like you're quite like punchy with it, and she doesn't fuck around. Um, yeah. At least she was herself. Haley was definitely herself. I think that she got portrayed better than how she was on with us, to be honest. Really? So she was a real asshole. Yeah. Holy shit! So you guys do not get on. Like I have no objective problem with her yeah no beef but we are not friends like this was the really stupid thing about the whole problem with Haley, is that there was nothing that actually happened to cause a problem it was literally that harry kissed francesca harry lied about it francesca didn't defend herself Haley defended francesca but did it in such an aggressive way that she turned the rest of the group on her and there and just created this rift and then she had no intention of getting to know any of us. Like her and I barely spoke because she wouldn't engage in conversation. 
She just didn't have the capacity up here and the desire in here. So I have no problem with her. Like, she's not not, done anything. You're not mates. Yeah, you're not friends. So this is kind of a bit of a plot twist. Also, you know, she had some really fucking stupid one-liners. Like, she didn't know geography. She was like, she's stupid. Was she like, she's stupid too? Or was it just like, yeah. No, she's uneducated. You know, she has a simple brain and she likes simple things. And that's absolutely cool. And this, like, there's a, simplicity is a really nice way to be a lot of time. Like, ignorance, ignorance is bliss in a lot of cases. And her and I just operate on different levels. We have completely different interests. And she had no interest in getting so to know me at all. are you now bragging about your, you know, knowledgeable self in comparison to her? Because if I'm going to be called out for bragging, you are going to be bragging. <laughs> I mean, that was a really subtle, low-key brag that I'm not simple. It was definitely more <laughs> subtle than my boob brag, let's face it. Yeah, you were like, I've got great tits. <laughs> That's basically what you said. You, you know what? I self-deprecate so much on my show. I think I'm allowed a, a, a little cheeky boob brag. Okay. Um, someone said, how did him and Nicole start after the show and why not during? Because they got the person wrong. You're not the one who was dating Nicole after the show, were you? Oh, uh, yeah, no. I didn't no, that was Bryce. No. But Nicole and I are super close. I see her all the time. I love. I was with her. I was with her today. She's honestly like I. I felt really bad for her because she got barely any airtime. But that's because she was not interested in anyone. Yeah, she wasn't interested in anyone, and she also wasn't causing drama and problems. Like she just was. She's just a really nice person that's super easy to get along with, and yeah, she just what didn't have a relationship with any of the guys. So I think um, Francesca was kind of smart in that way because I genuinely feel like when she went on the date with Corey, she knew she was like obsessed with Harry, but she also knew because she is you know social media savvy and she probably knows that world better, and she probably knew that it was a, a good plot twist to add to the show. It would just make for better TV. I personally think. I went up to Francesca the day after we left and congratulated her for playing such a brilliant game. She knows how to make a good show. I don't think she went on that day and was like, I'm going to hook up with Corey. I just think you had to create good reality TV, in my opinion. Think about it. Like her and Harry were like close the whole time, but like thing happened and she went on a date with Kels, which then she immediately decided was the wrong thing to do. Yeah. Suspect. And then she went on a date with Corey and then immediately decided it was the wrong thing to do. Francesca did a great job of being a main character throughout, even though her yeah. relationship with Harry didn't need to be the main main no. story. She just gave us all the things. I like a plot twist, obviously. Um, yeah, I think she was important to the, to the story. Yeah. I think everyone was important. I enjoyed, I thoroughly, my, can I tell you who my favorite was? If you're interested. Please. Chloe. I do. Chloe. She is a bit of a fan fave, to be fair. Okay. This is what my friends described her as. Self-proclaimed dumbass, but doesn't give herself enough credit for being an actual human being. Explain the latter part of that sentence statement. So she was, she, the, the whole time she was like, I'm stupid. I'm not the brightest spark in the book. <laughs> All those things like very self-deprecating. Right. But I think yeah. that despite her ditziness, she was one of the only people on the show who was a real human being and was like very up, like open and upfront about her emotions was not bitchy. You know, went up to Francesca when she was pissed with her, pissed at her, I just I just felt she was way more intelligent than she wanted to show. 
you know, just because she doesn't know, you know, her geography and her vocabulary does not mean that she's emotionally stupid. Well, yeah, you're right. Like, I think that what we can see overall is that people are smart in different ways. Yeah. And like, you can be emotionally intelligent, but but stupid bookwise. You can be very smart when it comes to mathematics, but terrible when it comes to English. Yeah. Like, there's different smarts all over the place. What Chloe lacks is general knowledge. She yeah. has a very shit general knowledge, and yeah. she's she doesn't seem to care that she doesn't know a lot of basic information about the world yeah. and things that most people would think that young children should know. Yeah, um, she doesn't seem to care that that is how she comes across right. but she is smart in other ways and like i have to give chloe credit for some things is that she is smart in different ways and she's also a really really nice person i love chloe she's such Lovely. a nice girl she's so much younger than me and i would want to be her friend um <laughs> how has life how has your life choices changed since being on the show i do want i'm i'm like emotionally available to have a girlfriend whereas in the past i haven't been so now I'm like dating with purpose is what I call it. So I'll like date and kind of think along. The, I'll be thinking to the future when I'm dating rather than just like living in the moment, which I've done in the past. So yeah. it's just a little bit more purposeful. That's it. Was one month on in the retreat really that life changing? Yeah, it was a huge catalyst. I think that people don't quite, you know, you don't get the time scale. You don't get a lot of the other little things that happen you guys see the main events. You don't see a lot of the little things that happen in the lead up to those main events. It was, you know, we bonded as a group. We bonded so much. And yeah. I've got such wonderful relationships with the vast majority of the cast, you know, like especially Matt and Bryce, Lydia, Nicole, Chloe, like those guys I'm like super close with. And, and Rhonda, actually, I spoke to Rhonda on, on FaceTime today. I have better more kind of free open wonderful caring relationships with those guys than i have with other friends that i've known for a long long time it was a really impactful experience i always overall. say that long-term friendships does not mean like stronger friendships like I've, i have friends that i've met two years ago that are that i'm closer to than some friends i've known since i was like two years old time isn't always the factor but it, it's what happens during that time that decides your connection with a human like we bond through shared emotion we bond through like either shared loss and fear and like a negative emotion or we share, we bond through shared um, jubilation and celebration and things like happy moments. And a lot of the thing which caused the lads to bond was sharing our vulnerabilities and sharing our weaknesses and that kind of heart warrior challenge. So yeah, just being in that environment with people, it's, it caused us through those experiences to all get really close. Last question I have, anything behind the scenes, dirty little secrets that never aired? There wasn't really dirty little secrets. There, it all kind of came out. There, there's like, we did some extra workshops that you guys didn't get to see. Um, what was your favorite? Which was, well, there was one at the end, which we did where we wrote down, uh, we wrote a, a letter to our former self. So we I all wrote letters. I see that. It was fucking emotional. Rather than the mails, like in the mud, like I would have loved to see the letter. The letters were really powerful. Like we all cried. It was super, like it was a really bonding experience for all of us. Um, but it was a really long, long, long scene. And edit. each of the letters was like, like a couple of minutes, like three, four minutes. And there's like 10 people. So you're looking at like 
just reading them out is going to take like 50 minutes to an hour yeah. so um i they i guess they just decided not to include that in the final edit but yeah it was like really powerful stuff and it's things like that where we all bared ourselves to each other and were accepted to each other and that's again something which bonded us all as a group so i am a bit sad that that didn't make the edit because it was really emotional for a lot of people there was a lot of tears and there was a lot of like sadness but there was also a lot of laughing. more like a shock to you in that moment like whose letter were you most moved by i remember that sharon's letter was really powerful yeah he was he'd got to a point where he was you know open and honest and yeah. raw and he, he'd grown so much like yeah he had a complete <clears throat> transition on the show his was crazy yeah yeah. So his was really powerful. Well, David, I'm sorry this was a long ass interview, but I really mm. needed all this information. So many people were so curious about the show. Thank you so much for your time. Can you please tell all the listeners where they can find you, share your socials and anything else you want to plug? Yeah, for sure. Well, thanks for having me on the podcast. It's been lots of fun. Um, if you guys want to follow me on Instagram, it's just at david.bertwistle um my company is called endeavor life so you can just at endeavor life on instagram as well that's the best place to get it because i actually share loads of fitness tips and nutrition tips on endeavor life which aren't on my main page um like i went live yesterday for an hour just answering questions from people um that had a, about fitness and nutrition so that's a great place to get loads of tips for staying healthy and fit in lockdown and all that kind of stuff. Can you please do a special female butt workout for all of us? Because we don't want big arms. We want a good butt <laughs> and we all need your help. I've got you. No dramas. <laughs> Stay hey, tuned but- on the page and it'll be out soon enough. Thank you so much for listening to the You Can't Sit With Me podcast. Just a quick reminder. Rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. It is the most helpful and supportive thing you can do for this show. Also, if you would like to engage in the conversation yourself, you're welcome to request to join the secret Facebook group. It's called You Can't Sit With Me. Don't forget to look for it. But all really annoying and thirsty plugs aside, hope you enjoy this episode.